and what a great declaration. I, I, I'm going to continue the theme of being connected and really ask you the question, are you connected in the way that God would want you to be connected? I don't know if you've ever had the experience, and I'm sure you have, or somebody else in your household has done it, where you're trying to use an electrical appliance and you're turning things on and off and it's just not working. I only discover that somewhere it either wasn't plugged in or the switch wasn't turned on. And I want to use that really simple illustration that God wants you to be connected. Obviously, The first and the most important connection we have is to Jesus Christ. In John's Gospel, chapter 15 and verse 5, Jesus says this, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain, if you remain connected in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So without your life being connected to the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving the gift of salvation and the gift of eternal life and the power of the resurrected Christ living in you, he says from an eternal perspective, without remaining connected in him, you and I can do nothing. And I would argue that the next most important connection, because, and I don't like to to have orders and lists and lists down there because you always work, but is connected to the body of Christ. The minute you say yes to Jesus, you are baptized into the body of Christ. You're a part of the body of Christ. And God wants you and I to find our connection in a local church. And I want to say up front, as much as I'm looking forward to the day when our auditorium is full again and people are everywhere and you've all come back, this message is actually not about church attendance. It's not about guilting you to come back immediately. We're on a journey and some will come back at different paces and some may remain part of our online community and that's great. So this is not a message about church attendance. That's just one way of being connected This is actually something that needs to go much deeper than that. So our connection to other believers. In Acts chapter 2, with the birth of the church, and verse 42, the scripture says that, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. If you can, where you are, just say, to fellowship. And then say, they devoted themselves This isn't guilt. This isn't obligation. This is a decision they make to be connected to the body of Christ. And they shared meals, including the Lord's Supper and prayer. Now, many of you would know that the word fellowship there is the Greek word kononia. And it actually describes a dynamic relationship involving active fellowship and participation in a Christian community. It is an indispensable ingredient to the Christian faith and one of the means of God's grace being poured into your life. There are many things and many ways by which God pours grace into your life, but one of them is being a part of a community of faith, of fellow believers who share life, who look after each other. You heard some of what's in place in our church and it's driven largely by volunteers. It's kind of somebody said this word kononia means literally to be as committed to each other as we are to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And no one can make you do this. They devoted themselves. This is a choice you make. I'm going to get connected in a life group. I'm going to do next steps. I'm going to come to the welcome lunch if you knew. I'm going to find out what my next step is in community. One of the challenges, and I think we face this dramatically in this whole COVID season, is people have been isolated. And obviously, understandably, for all the reasons that you all know better than I do, But we can become lonely and disconnected. And when we do that, we tend to substitute authentic community for other things. And one of the other things is our smartphones and social media. Now, I'm not going to rail against it because I use it. I think it's a wonderful tool. How did we do life without iPhones and or you know, if you're a bit lower in the pecking order, Samsung with a fire extinguisher. But it, I'm not going to let that go, but just keep going. It, but it, and we replace it and we think I'm connected. And it is a way of connecting. Our grandkids live up in Mount Isa with their minders. I forget their names now. Not the grandkids, but the minders. And, um, and it's great to be able to FaceTime them or whatever method you use. But when they visited recently, it was totally different. It was a tangible connection. Now, Linda and I were exhausted at the end of it. And the noise level of a four-year-old and a two-year-old is just something else if you're not used to it. But it's not the same as just doing something with a device. And we, when we replace that, we're missing something. And it's not authentic fellowship. I want to draw your attention to a verse in Colossians chapter 2, and it's verse 1 and 2. And the Apostle Paul pouring out his heart, not just for the ch- that church, but for others. He says, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you. That's a powerful word. I'm agonized. I'm desperate about this. The thing that he's about to talk about, Paul says. I want you to know how much I've agonized for you, For the church at Laodicea and many other believers, and he lists a few more situations. And listen, what's he agonizing over? He says, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. Our relationship with Jesus grows stronger through time, and, but it's also connected to God, Christ-centered fellowship. I want you to get that. Yes, we've got to grow in our relationship with Jesus, but part of that is growing in a relationship with a faith-filled community that love Jesus and follow him and helping each other. Listen to that statement again. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. I want you to notice these strong ties of love connect to divine purpose, to you understanding what God's plan and purpose for you in saving you, in delivering you, in gifting you and in placing you in a local church. If I can use a simple illustration that our faith is a little bit like climbing a mountain with a whole group of people. 
And we're trying to get to the top. We're trying to get to that place of intimate relationship and understanding our destiny, understanding our purpose. And the rope that ties us together, that keeps us safe as we climb the mountain is strong ties of love. And God's heart for you is to find within the church strong ties of love with people and to belong, connecting us in community. Every climber in this illustration is tied to someone else, somebody ahead of you and somebody behind you. The person right at the head is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And we needed to be roped together to encourage one another, to look after each other and to make sure we don't slip and fall. And if you do, there's somebody to rescue you. And we've seen that played out so incredibly in these last two years of people just caring one for another. And as we get higher, we begin to understand and have complete confidence in understanding what God's purpose in our life is, the mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. And obviously, we all start at the bottom. And if you're just starting out in faith or or, or asking questions, that's cool. But God's plan is for you to get connected to Jesus and connected to a faith-filled community. And when we do that, we help each other. Uh, There's so many things I could list here, but I'm just going to quickly give you three things. Number one, we commit to each other. Community is not just about, oh, it's convenient. Community is about making a commitment to others, about connecting to their lives, caring for them, reaching out. Linda's Life Group is a wonderful group of people I'm allowed to visit occasionally if I behave. But some of them have been through some of the most incredibly difficult challenges through this last season. But the prayer, the care, the concern, the reaching out, the jokes, the fun, the laughter as they connect with each other. And obviously face to face when they can, but there's a constant caring. And it's just one of the shining examples of a great life group led by a wonderful leader, Pastor Linda. I'm still learning from her. Community is our priority. It's about sharing our lives. And when things Onto priority, we can't find time for them. And I want you to just reflect, is community, is connection a priority in the way that I'm speaking about it? And if it isn't, maybe you need to come before God and say, all right, God, I need to set this right at the beginning of 2022. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 7 and 8, we cared for you because we loved you so much. We're delighted to share with you, not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. He says, what I communicate, the truth that I'm telling you, that the gospel of God, that's powerful. But he says, we're also sharing our lives with you because we care for you and we love you. We need to do that one for another. The second thing, and I've alluded to this, is we support one another. In Galatians 6 and verse 2, it says, carry each other's burdens. And in that way, you fulfill the law of Christ, the law of love, is when somebody's struggling, you don't stand back and just give them advice. You come alongside, you care, you do practical things, you pray one for another. There's a whole lot of things that the Bible calls us to do one for another. The third thing is, and I think this is really important, we encourage one another. So 
we commit to one another, we support one another, and we encourage one another. The emphasis in fellowship, cornonia, this connecting the sharing of our lives, is not what I get out of it, but what I bring to it. And the amazing thing, when you come to fellowship, that way you get so much more out. You actually have a flow back, but it's not just, well, they didn't and I, somebody else didn't and the church didn't. No, when I've come with something to give to others, and we're talking about all sorts of things, practical things, words of encouragement, a phone call, text message, whatever, popping in to visit them if you're allowed and all the rest of it. In, in Hebrews 10 and verse 24 and following, it says, let us consider, give thought, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. I know you may be familiar with that verse or maybe it's brand new to you, but either way, can I ask you to think about it and just ask yourself the question, who am I spurring on to love and good works? Who am I encouraging? At what point is there a real connection with others. I love something that Rick Warren said. We are created for community, fashioned for fellowship, and formed for a family. And none of us can fulfill God's purposes by ourselves. Let me just read that again. We are created for community, fashioned for fellowship, and formed for a family. And none of us can fulfill God's purposes by ourselves. In the Bible, and I'm not going to go through it now. This is landing. We're approaching the runway. Is In the New Testament, there's over a hundred occasions when the Bible talks about what we ought to be doing one for another. One for another. 59 of those are clear directions from the Apostle Paul. I'm not going to go through that list, but maybe we'll put it up somewhere and just, you can look at it as praying for another, encouraging one another. I said I wasn't going through the list, I'm just illustrating. Christian community is also important because when we gather with intent to connect, to care, to love, Jesus says he'll be there. And I love that. I love the large gatherings. And like I said, looking forward to that when we can do that with freedom and we're out of this whole thing. But Jesus actually said, where two or three are gathered together in my name. In other words, with intent, with awareness, I'm there right in the midst. He didn't say two or 3,000. That's awesome. And we love those great worship experiences and all of that. But he says, where two or three are gathered together in my name with an intention deliberately, he said, I'm there, I'm with you. And there's something incredible in this cornonia where Christ manifests himself, makes himself present in the conversations, in the loving, in the caring, in the praying, in everything we do. 